Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy Max is here. Brandon is in for Greg. Deb's got your roads, and Adam's producing the show this afternoon. All right, let's get to it. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's afternoon news. All right, Sandy, should we start the three at three or do another dad joke? Let's do the three at three. I'm up for a dad joke if it's a good one. <laughs> it's not. Okay. Right, well, for the first time in 15 months, the Federal Reserve is likely to pause its aggressive interest rates when it wraps up a two-day meeting today. Yeah, and actually this just in, they are definitely pausing the rates. So they are paused. First time that they've been paused since January of 2022. That's the good news. They did indicate, though, that they may raise rates two more times this year. Experts thought maybe one more time. So a very mixed bag today. Policymakers say they'll likely push it up another full half percentage point over two different raises later on this year. Quote, Holding the target range steady at the meeting allows the Fed to assess additional information and its implications for monetary policy. That's according to the Fed chair. We'll have more on this coming up at uh, Business News at the bottom of the hour here on WTMJ. All right, what's next? A planned Chick-fil-A restaurant in Wauwatosa was denied by city officials this week due to safety concerns. Yeah, so this was going to be right on Mayfair Road at the corner of West Center Street in Mayfair. It's very close to the mall. And officials there said it's not a good idea. There are already on that stretch of road approximately 56% more accidents than on other statewide roads on average. So it's already a dangerous area. And experts say history of crashes, stop traffic, reckless driving, backups that would be caused by the drive through would be unacceptable to public safety. So Chick-fil-A is not coming to Wauwatosa. No alternative sites have been mentioned, but it's not coming to near Mayfair Mall. Which surprised me because I live near a Chick-fil-A and they have the double drive through right. and it's very efficient. But that Mayfair intersection really is the deal breaker there. It's so congested. So dangerous. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And I did find out, did you see that information? You know, the Zebs on Morgan on the yeah. south side? That is going to get torn down, and it will be a Chick-fil-A. Ah, see, so Chick-fil-A's everywhere. Yeah, you can still one get Brookfield, your chicken one sandwich and waffle fry fix. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's probably a good decision to keep that area safe. Hey, let's keep talking food. What's the third one? How do you know the Wisconsin State Fair is right around the corner? <laughs> when the Sporky nominees and the Drinkies are announced. Yes. All right, so let's just focus on the Drinkies. There are new <laughs> Sporkies, and they're very similar, but you know this show. All right, so there's four finalists to be the inaugural drinky winner. Now, I was excited about this, but I would be even more excited if they had alcohol in them. But this is the mocktail. Yes. So yep. non-alcoholic, but you can always, you know, put a yeah, little pop can, in there you if you want to. jazz it up a little bit. But yeah, there's some great flavors. First one is a brown sugar sweet potato ice latte. This mm. looks very, very good. It's ice latte with brown sugar, sweet potato puree, a dash of cinnamon, and some brown sugar boba pearls. Garnished with a toasted marshmallow and a deep-fried sweet potato funnel cake nugget. This looks yummy, especially on a really, really hot day. What else looks good to you? Uh, I kind of like the Ferris Mule, just because I like the name of it. I'm entertained. I love a well-named well, uh, drink. Fresh blackberries, ginger beer, freshly squeezed lime juice, and agave nectar. Handshaken and poured over ice, garnished with blackberries, rosemary, and a lime wheel. What do you like? I like the Mango Tango Tahine. Because that tahine is that red I like little that. spice. Yeah. Very good on avocados. And uh, jicama. Yeah. It's the yeah, first yeah. time I had a little squeeze mm-hmm. of lime. So the mango tango tahine is going to have juicy mangoes and tangy pineapple. So that blend is going to be good. 
topped off with creamy strawberry smoothie layer. Finish it off with a sweet and spicy, I'm not familiar with chamoy, C-H-A-M-O-I, sauce drizzled over with a kick of tahini season for a perfect sweet and spicy combination. That sounds like a drink I want on an August day. Yeah, I checked that out. And the last one is the cotton candy lemonade. We'll have more on this as we get closer to State Fair. But we got to take a break. I want Deb to check the roads and then Royal Oaks with us on what is next for former President Donald Trump. I'm not the one who thinks... I'm above the law. I'm the one that followed the law. I'm the only one. Is this like an SNL skit? He's the only one that followed the law. Okay. Let's bring in Royal Oaks. He knows more about the law than all of us in this room combined together. He's also got the greatest name in radio. Royal, good afternoon. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for the compliment. Yeah, it's funny. Donald Trump sort of played lawyer yesterday, didn't he? In that half-hour speech, he gave a lot of details about his legal defenses. and He cited statutes, the Presidential Records Act, and a lot of advice from lawyers is along the lines of, oh, don't talk about this. You know, the prosecution's listening. Let us do the speaking for you. But as we knew from Trump's past, he was not about to follow that advice. He doesn't even really have a full legal team yet. And he treated us all, including the prosecution, to a very detailed preview of how he expects to respond to these charges. Royal, he also made several false claims at the fundraiser, just things that are inherently not true. My question is, is this harmful in any way in his defense? Can this be used by prosecutors, or is just this all consumed in the public sphere and there's really no ramifications? Not really much. I listened to every word of the speech yesterday, and apart from the fact that he did give a, a good roadmap to the prosecution, which really helps them because otherwise you know, they'd have to be guessing as to which way uh, the defense team might work, I think really it was all for PR purposes. He was reaching out to his base. He was reaching out, frankly, to people who live in Miami who who might wind up on his jury. Uh, He he just came out swinging. I mean, such confidence, such anger, even humor. I mean, he had the crowd laughing with him. Uh, It was was really a remarkable performance, one of the most unusual presidential or ex-presidential speeches, uh, but not so much in terms of legal ramifications. I think this is just the, the kickoff of his defense. I mean, it was as if he'd been on, on the stump for six months. He, he was just so confident up there when most people, of course, would be sort of devastated. Their life is turned upside down. Uh, maybe he's getting used to being indicted. I don't know. <laughs> Royal, is there anything in what you heard in last night's kind of accepted celebration speech that could be harmful, harmful to him? Well, not so much harmful, except that I think his focus is going to be that, uh, look, I, under the Presidential Records Act, had a right to take whatever I wanted, and uh, Bill Clinton was treated differently. And that feeds into his argument that this is the weaponization of the criminal justice system. They're treating me differently. And it's not really clear how that's going to play in court or if the court would even permit it to be part of the focus in the criminal trial. But it definitely is part of his public outreach. Of course, the, the real wild card factor is what is this judge going to be doing in connection with pretrial motions, the attorney-client privilege argument, which is a huge deal, uh, the timing of the trial. Trump probably wants the trial to come after the election next year, because if he wins the election, he'll be in a position to have his Department of Justice dismiss the case, whereas the prosecution, I think, wants to have a quick trial. They want to have it even before the March 2024 Stormy Daniels trial up in New York City. So harmful, it's it's hard to say, but there's going to be a lot of skirmishing and maneuvering over the timing of these uh, two trials 
And plus, of course, it's, uh, you know, you want to go to Vegas and bet. I, I put a lot of money on Atlanta indicting him in the next couple of months for the alleged Georgia election theft. So he's going to be juggling three trials, criminal trials, all at once, at the same time trying to run for president. So, Royal, does the judge have complete discretion as far as setting a trial date? There are obviously parameters and things to consider, but can she just decide? Yeah. The only limitation is if she just is wacky and says, you know, I want it tomorrow, in which case that would be unfair to probably everybody, but especially Trump. Or if she says, oh, we're going to put it off basically endlessly, you know, come back in 2026. Whoever doesn't like her call could go to the appellate court and say, your honors, I understand that your uh, your colleague on the trial court bench has a lot of discretion when it comes to setting her own schedule. But she went overboard. And so that could be reversed. But basically, yeah, uh, the prosecution is going to be pushing for a quick trial early next year. Trump will be trying to push it off. Royal, how is Trump's legal setup right now? I understand they're like. Some people who don't want to represent him, does he have a full legal team? Oh, it's totally chaotic. He does not have a full legal team. His people have spent the last couple of months trying to line up some powerhouse white-collar crime criminal defense attorneys experienced in the Florida area, the Miami courthouses. They know the judges, and they weren't able to come up with a really solid full team. They came up with a couple of lawyers, but uh, a lot of firms and a lot of individual lawyers say no to Trump, first, because he has a history of not paying his lawyers, second, because the, many of them are in firms uh, that don't like Trump, and the firms say, Ixnay, we're not going to uh, take, take him on as a client. And a lot of big firms have huge clients who say to the people who run the firm, uh, you're not thinking about taking Donald Trump on as a client, are you? Because we don't like that idea. So he has had a lot of trouble finding lawyers. His message to lawyers often is, hey, you get a million dollars worth of publicity if you uh, take me on as a client, so don't worry about me paying you uh, your legal fees. He's not quite that explicit, but that's sort of the underlying message. So, yeah, he's going to be trying to supplement the team uh, as this case heats up. And he has to do it fast because there are going to be some crucial motions in the next couple of months that are be, will be briefed and argued by the attorneys. ABC's Royal Oaks is with us. Would it be possible for him to use that lack of a legal team as a delaying tactic? No, because he already has uh, some accomplished lawyers on the team, multiple attorneys. So there's no way, unless some of them just drop out, he would be able to say, hey, Your Honor, I really need a few extra months because I have some brand new lawyers. Now, if they do get fired or if they uh, just quit for some reason, then he might have a basis for saying to the judge, let's put it off. But judges are not very patient with requests for delays where it seems like maybe there's some gamesmanship going on. So I I, I don't think he can really play that card in order to get a delay. ABC's Royal Oaks in Los Angeles. Always great perspective. Thank you so much, Royal. Mm -hmm. You bet. Thanks. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. It is Flag Day today. Flag Day commemorates the day in 1777 when the United States adopted the flag for the very first time. Observed as Flag Day for the first time in 1877 on the 100-year anniversary of the flag. I want to open up the phone lines and I'm going to play something for you. Uh, The text line, text us this. What does the flag mean to you? It's very simple. What does the U.S. flag mean to you? The Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620.
855-616-1620, Old National Bank at Old. What does the flag mean to you? This poem was written and narrated by Johnny Cash in 1974. It's called Ragged Old Flag. I walked through a county courthouse square on a park bench. An old man was sitting there. I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down. He said, no, it'll do for our little town. I said, your old flagpole is leaned a little bit, and that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it. He said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said, watching it right and say, can you see? And it got a bad rip in New Orleans with Packingham and Jackson tugging at its seams. And it almost fell at the Alamo. Beside the Texas flag, but she waved on, though. She got cut with a sword at Chancellorsville, and she got cut again at Shiloh Hill. There was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam. She went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied and refused and the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land and she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin but she's in good shape for the shape she's in cause she's been through the fire before and I believe she can take a whole lot more so we raise her up every morning we take her down every night we don't let her touch the ground and we fold her up right On second thought, I do like to brag, cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. Johnny Cash, Ragged Old Flag from 1974. What does the flag mean to you? The Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. What does the flag mean to you? To me, it means freedom. I feel proud when I see the flag. Do we always get it right in this country? We don't. Do we argue about stupid things? We do. Do we bicker? Do we not get along? Yeah, all that's true. It's kind of like being part of a family. But when I see the flag, I think of the red, which symbolizes the blood that was spilled, the sacrifices that was made, and the valor. When I see the flag, I think of the military. I think of my grandpa, who was asleep under that flag. 
on board a destroyer in Pearl Harbor when it was bombed. I think of the flag my other grandpa wore on his left shoulder as a paratrooper in World War II. When I see the flag, I think of what we do right, what we do wrong, and how we can do it better. And I'm proud. I love the flag. I fly the flag. I light the flag. I have the flag at my house. And I'm just proud. Are we always right? Damn it, we're not, and I wish we were, but we're not. But the flag has it right. It's a representation of us, what we are, and what we can be. What do you think of the flag? We'll share some of these as we head through the afternoon. Um, For Jeff and Fox Point, I think it symbolizes our freedom and the sacrifices many people made to establish and preserve it. The flag is a symbol from the 920. I leave that for the symbol-minded people of this country. There's Marty and Racine, who texted, Since I served in the military for 14 years, the flag represents freedom to me. The red stands for the blood spilled in battle. The blue represents the sky, and the white represents purity. Brandon, you're a veteran. What does the flag mean to you? It it means everything to me, to be quite honest with you. Uh, The one thing that I I think that hasn't been mentioned yet, it it does mean freedom. It does mean everything that everybody is saying, but it means opportunity. Uh, that I think a lot of people lose sight of. And a lot of people in this country want to complain, bicker, fight, argue, debate. Uh, but I, I don't think they realize the opportunity that has been afforded to them because of people like your grandfather uh, you know, and, and countless others. And it's a, a country that doesn't always get things right. There's a lot of issues. There's always going to be a lot of issues. But it is a country that people like your grandfather and, and many others... And you, you, yep, and myself, I would lay down our life for the opportunity for the generation behind us to have that opportunity of freedom, the opportunity to chase happiness, the pursuit of happiness. And, and and that's why it means everything to me. If I would do it right now, I would do it all over again. They came in knocking on that door and said, we got to go. That flag means everything. I never take it down in my house. Light shines on it through winter, summer, rainstorms. Yep. And I uh, hope that pass that down to the next generation. When my girls were 10, they were 10-year-old twins. We have the flag at our house, too, and we light it. And it's up all the time. Mm-hmm. It was it was snowing really bad. And it was supposed to be like a blizzard. And so we were bringing, like, planters closer to the house and stuff like that. One of our girls said, should we take the flag down? And the way I thought about it was, no. When our men and women wearing the uniform are at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier or in Iraq or Afghanistan, or wherever they are, they're there no matter what the weather, wearing the flag. So we're leaving the flag up no matter what the weather, because to me it's about the men and women that wear the flag and fight under the flag. For me, not serving in the military and not necessarily having family who served in the military, to me, it symbolizes being a good citizen. I belong. This is my group, and we've said it multiple times, and just like in your own family, you don't always get along or you've got some conflicts, but I belong here and I have a responsibility to be a good citizen, and that's always a great reminder, and also the different colors that come together, that we can be good together. It means unity. Think of Iwo Jima. Think of Pearl Harbor. Think of 9-11. Think of Baghdad, Iraq. That flag has flown over there, and it has unified people yep. during the toughest of times and people die literally in you know trying to come to this country 
because they yeah. know what that flag means. Yep. Still, every day. Every day. Still. It is 348 at WTMJ. couple more text work in here. Robin West Ellis. After 9-11, the flag reminds me of unity. I hope in this political climate it doesn't take another tragedy to bring us all back together again. Amen, Rob. From the 262, as a United States Marine Corps veteran, it brings back a lot of emotions. So proud to be a Marine. Ronald Reagan said, a U.S. Marine doesn't have to question if he did the right thing in his lifetime. Makes me sad and angry when U.S. citizens don't respect the flag. Keep those texts coming. We'll uh, work those in on this flag day. I want to tell you quickly about something going on in Illinois. They've become the first state to prohibit book bans. Several other states across the U.S. are going through a bunch of challenges where book titles are being banned in public schools and in libraries. And in Illinois, the governor said book bans are about censorship, marginalizing people, marginalizing ideas and facts. The measure takes place this next January 1st. Public libraries will not get any state money unless they adopt the American Library Association's Bill of Rights or something similar. All right, so what's in that Bill of Rights? The Bill of Rights says this. It basically says that you cannot ban reading materials because of partisan or doctrinal disapproval or excluded because of the origin, background, or views of those contributing to their creation. So what has led to this? In a lot of municipalities, books are being banned because... There are concerns about LGBTQ characters in books or authors that are LGBTQ and have written that have a point of view. And so a lot of places, books are being banned because the banners don't want our kids to have access to reading about fictional characters that may be transgender or a fictional character that may be struggling with whether or not they are gay. So in Illinois, they've said, you can't ban those books because that does not meet the standard for the American Library Association's Bill of Rights. My first job was in a library. I love libraries. I mm-hmm. love to read. It's it's one of my passions in life. And I think kids should be having access to all these books that are being banned. Unless the book is pornographic. Unless the book is profane. And I know those are subjective. But come on, we know what pornography is. If one character says, I think I might love a girl, and they're also a girl, and then people want to ban that book saying it's pornographic, that's not pornographic. That's the world that we live in. Get over it. Raise your kids in a way that they will espouse the values that you have that are in existence under your roof, and let them decide. I think they do a lot of things really wrong in Illinois, (laughs) to be honest with you, and I'm from Illinois. But this banning of book bans is something I can get behind. It's fun to say, banning book bans. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I wrote it on our little rundown, and it looked <laughs> like I made a typo. It looks good. The Also, I think we're not crediting librarians. Library science, it's like there's an education and a process to be a librarian and trust what they tend to curate in their collections. And also, let kids have imaginations. Exactly imagination i mean my mom's great passion is still sitting and reading and when she has a quiet moment she wants to sit and read should we allow kids to have that same opportunity um, from the 262 finally something smart coming out of illinois i threw away 90 percent of my library at school from the 414 
It's ungodly, and it promotes ungodliness, so I will never accept it. I'm assuming that's talking about the comments I made about same-sex love affairs. Um, yeah. Let, let parents be parents. Let parents decide. Unless it's pornographic and clearly inappropriate, we've gone way too far in trying to cleanse the way that our children think about things. The process to get books into kids' hands now in schools is pathetic. I don't even talk about books in my 7th grade classroom anymore. How sad is that? A teacher afraid to talk about books? Come on.